Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a football Friday. Week number 10 started last night. We got ourselves a treat. Um, not really, but I mean, somewhat. I, got, I mean, it was just sloppy. It was football. It was a Thursday night football game. It, it was. was not a treat, though. It no, was not a treat, a no. uh, It is Dave Sturgeo. It is Chris Gucci. And, of course, it is A5 behind the glass uh, here at Chop Studios as we get into uh, some of the stuff that happened last night before we get into the top movers. Um, you know, a couple other movers. You know, Chenault, he had himself a nice run, so he's up, right? Uh, Pitts. <sighs> It's like, and I blame Mariota, and so does the market. We'll get into Mariota in a couple minutes. Patterson, also down. The biggest faller, I, I want to say, and this is probably actually has no actual bearing on the mojo market. Um, could we talk about the, your favorite quarterback in the league delivering headbutts at the end of the game last night? Did you see Baker Mayfield headbutting his teammates with no helmet on? No. Okay. Well, uh, Baker Mayfield's now entered concussion protocol. And uh, did he really? No, he hasn't. But like you would think. That would be the most Baker thing on earth. He's <laughs> just trying, to make, actually he's said, trying he's like, to make friends. He's trying to show that he's okay with being the backup because he's like, I'm about to be out of this league. Right. Uh, if I don't Al make Michaels, a friend or two. Al Michaels was the one to say, well, that's a good way to get yourself put in concussion protocol. Like he has his hat on, but he's like, he's literally just giving it to his, his player, uh, his teammates. It's like, all right, guys, like, you know, you're not trying to go for anything. You're winning game by accident, winning, winning games by accident. Now, I don't see the purpose. I mean, maybe they see that the a, a NFC South is so porous. Look at their record where they got four wins now. No, I think it's three. But like at the same time, it's just like you dude, can't expect you can't expect players. I understand that. I've never understood it for the front office If the front office. And we saw what happened with Miami when there was even a shred of thought that they may be tanking. You can't tank in the NFL. You have too many guys on the roster. There's too many coaches that are coaching for jobs. There's too many players that are playing for a job. I just don't buy it. There's it's it's too filled with vet players. They're three and seven, and they're one game behind New Orleans and Atlanta, and they're one and a half games behind Tampa. So yeah. I guess they they're believing in this in this interim head coach. And it's not the NBA where all you can that's go happening. out there and just not try. If you go out into the NFL and you not try, mm. you're gonna get hurt real bad. So yeah, I, I don't agree. buy the tanking. Top movers. Thing. All right, let's get into the top movers from last night. And it's not all just about last night's game. We'll get into it. But we start with Dante Foreman, who had himself another mm. monster game last night. He has absolutely solidified himself, uh, himself as RB1 in, in Carolina. Uh, Ch uh, Chuba Hubbard played well. They also had another rookie, Blackshear, I want to say yeah. his name was. He kind of, I think he's from Virginia Tech. Um, he, um, he, he did a little bit of something. But overall, this guy is absolutely nuts. Uh, Dante Foreman. 130 yards last night, uh, a touchdown, ruined being fantasy football, and of course he's up 3.4 percent. So he's still on the rise, and I, I th and he did this on ready. And NFL.com or NFL's Twitter put this out there. I think it was the beginning of the game. They said he's on pace for 30 rushes. He got the ball 31 times. So it's just like, wow, do we not want to pass? <laughs> like because. Even, like well, I said, Chuba got involved. Another rookie got involved. So there's a lot of I running attempts the, here. I looked at the box score after, and there was about 15 players on Carolina that had a carry yesterday, right? So they weren't running, they weren't really throwing the football, and obviously it was pouring for better part of the game. Yeah, I get it. And, but I want to talk about Foreman because he's got 100 yards or more now in three of his last four games, right? Out yeah. of nowhere, this guy's become – I wouldn't say he's a Pro Bowl caliber back, but if you keep on stringing together 100-yard performances – 
I don't know how you could deny it. Um, look, as I said, 100 yards in three of four games. What more do you need? I'm surprised the market hasn't realized yet that this guy's actually a starter in this league and probably the reason why they were so willing to part ways with McCaffrey, other than the fact that he was way overpaid. But, yeah, Dante Foreman, buy now because you're going to see that. I can't see how he's not the starting back going into – Week one next year in Carolina. Or how about how about weeks uh, eleven through? You know what I'm saying. So like the, the market should dictate this eventually. If you're not on Foreman now, I, I suggest and he suggests yeah. it's, it's now's the time. I think that he'll have a good rest of the season because obviously they're feeding him. But conversely, he's also going to be the number one running back in Carolina next year. Yeah. Starter going into the year. He could be one of those guys mid third, fourth round in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to talk about that regard, yes. Uh, um, but yeah, definitely I think, move I think up some once you get their starting well. job for sure, because it doesn't look like they. The market thinks that they think that he is the starter Man, going forward forever. But 47 rushing attempts as a team yesterday. <laughs> I was just going to say, how many rushing attempts? I was like, if he had 31, what did they do? They didn't throw the ball at all, but P.J. Walker had 16 attempts. So, look, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's how they got the ball, uh, the game done. The Falcons run defense. No answer for anybody. Um, there was an answer for a Marcus Mariota. He stunk out loud. Again, weather, not a great factor for him. But the biggest movement here, and just like every, it's like clockwork with Mojo, uh, it, the backup quarterbacks, when the, the opportunity seized itself rearing its ugly head, there you have it. If you didn't get in on Desmond Ritter, you missed a little bit of a spike last night because of the fact that he it's it's going to happen. You would have assumed. We, we talked a lot about Kenny Pickett, and we waited and waited and waited, and then it happened, and then boom, everybody hits their money. But like with this one, we were talking in pre earlier today, um, about how, you know, Mariota is a Arthur Smith guy. So it's like, when was that move? If that yeah, move even happens. I don't think that that move happens anytime soon. I think Mariota ah, has man. played himself in a position now. We spoke about it before. He is, he's got a good relationship with Arthur Smith. I think he's got a long leash for that reason. Second reason is like, I was watching the pregames last week and they were doing a piece on Mariota because <laughs> how he resurged, you know, his career is resurging. I'm not going to sit here and, and, Cat Stones because he has one really awful game in really awful weather on Thursday night, right? The preparation wasn't there. It was a Thursday night sloppy mess. Show me the quarterbacks that have played well on Thursday night this season. There hasn't been many. Lamar, maybe a couple weeks ago. I mean, but it wasn't but really was like... He, was he throwing the ball all over the place? I don't think... I mean, no, he's running. He, really he, he doesn't throw, so <laughs> it's, that's that. So I don't think it's... I think you got to give him the pass there. I'm okay. looking at the metrics on Mariota, and I'm freezing up right now, but he's in the... Going into last week, or yesterday, he was in the top 10 in, in like, EPA added per play, air yards per play. Falcons were the only team with two or more touchdowns in every game. He's done it with his legs, and he's been very efficient in the red zone. One bad game, albeit against a very bad team, it was also very bad weather. I, I think I am in on Ritter. You know that I'm all about mm -hmm. Ritter. I just don't think it's time yet. Just because other guys have gotten their opportunity, now show me the rookie quarterback that's excelled in his opportunity, right? So why? Um, if you just want to see define got, excel, I mean. None. None. Yeah, I mean, even Kenny Pickett is just like, he's they in there. They haven't excelled. It's, it's, a, it's a learning curve, and I understand that, but. Yeah. I think uh, Desmond Ritter is going to learn just fine as a backup this year. If the season gets completely away, you have to think this division is still up for grabs. It really for Atlanta. is. So do, we, do they really want to go to a what is he, a third round pick? Yeah, in I the mean, middle of a playoff hunt when Ritter's won them a ton of games. I don't know. You might lose the locker room that way. I, I can't think, wait to Dallas. The, visits I think the players Atlanta are definitely on Mariota's side. So <laughs> I do believe that Ritter is a buy. 
I just think that you're going to have to wait a little bit longer than right now. Okay. It's not going to be next week. It's, it's, it's not imminent yet. I All can't right. see that. Well, yesterday, as well as this Thursday night football game, Mojo was able to break some news, and you can follow him at Mojo on Twitter, um, which, again, there's an, a new NFL account as well. So you want to keep your tabs on that. And also, just guys, be weary or wary or whatever, however you want to pronounce it um, of all these fake accounts now. I'm wary. It's wary? Yeah. Whatever. It's Friday. Um, all these fake accounts now are jumping off the face of the earth or jumping out into the into the spotlight because of, uh, you know, a paid service on Twitter now. So be careful. But these two reports came from Mojo. I got them actually from Mojo first before I was able to confirm with the Adam Schefters of the world. Um, but it looks like Raiders, the wheels are falling off. It looks like Josh Jacobs couldn't be traded fast enough. Uh, now the Raiders put two guys on injured reserve yesterday. We're talking about Darren Waller. We're talking about Hunter Renfro. But with that being said, you got a spike in a Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins is now reaping the benefits a little bit of the fact that the opportunities will be finding themselves this week in particular. Um, look, everybody and their mother can't cover Devontae Adams. Mac Hollins will find himself open. Foster Morneau, that's another guy that we're, we're kind of monitoring right now because of the tight end situation. I wouldn't go crazy on that. But Mac Hollins has shown that he can ball. So yeah, Mac you went on Mac? There was two games this year. Renfro went out with a concussion after the Arizona game, hmm. and he missed a couple weeks with in, in concussion protocol. And Mac Hollins, in the two games that Hunter Renfro missed this season, a ton of targets. Um, I don't have it written down, though. 13 receptions, 224 yards, and a touchdown. And he was mossing people in those games. He was. It wasn't just, like, regular wide open. He was covered, and he was making catches in traffic. Mac Hollins, he looks the part. He looks like Anquan Bolden. He is a big boy. Big dude. Um, So in the red zone, I really like Mac Hollins, and I like him going up top. Plus, I think the Raiders right now are in a position where you're going to see them going forward on fourth down. You're going to see them starting to play a little bit differently because— Loose. You're going to have to look, not salvage your season because I think that's lost at this point, but you're going to have to salvage some respect and start going out there and playing spoiler a little bit. It's going to be some big games for the Raiders to bust up some chances for other teams. I think that's what the Raiders are going to be doing, show some moxie, and um, Josh McDaniel's got to go. <laughs> yeah, as, got to. as coaches are going to be. You think, they, you think they let him go in year one? I do. Yeah. I do, yeah. Wow. He's going to be the coordinator in New England next year, no <laughs> doubt. Reunited again. Like, how that's many times why, did he go back to New England? Why, that's why the Patriots were like, all right, let's be honest here. We're not going <laughs> to hire an OC. We're going to bring in these two guys that we've already worked with a ton of times. We know that they stink at, at coaching, especially offense. Um, so when McDaniels gets fired, we could clearly just bring him back, and we don't have to fire anybody. We just say, hey, guys, you're going to go back to You're going to go back to doing what you used roles. to do, and, and you're going to go back to doing And we're going to bring back Joshy, baby, Josh will uh, be the, for the, for the, the next OC. time. I mean, that's his job. Yeah, I guess I so. I don't know what you're doing, buddy. <laughs> All right, it's time to get into week number 10, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it. It's week 10. There's only We're already past the midpoint of the season. We start with the Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. Um, this is, again— a very uh, good one to monitor, considering the fact that the whole world is buzzing about Justin Fields now, QB1 over there in Chicago. A lot of uh, hype around him based off of his performance last week against Miami, and now he gets a, a defense that's averaging up, letting up 427 yards of offensive game, especially through the air. One more week removed of a Clay, uh, Chase Claypool trade, which again, that will open up Mooney. Cole Komet's got a lot of love over the last uh, week, uh, in the media at least. 
Do you see the Bears just kind of feasting right now and really starting to get on a little bit of a roll? And when I say roll, it's funny that we say that. Like, they didn't win the game last week. I know a lot of people are, yeah. just, a lot of people are puffing Look, their chest out like they won the game. They didn't. Everyone's got to settle down on the Bears. Well, I will say this. Over the last three weeks, 94 points scored by the Chicago Bears. That's a lot of points. There, honestly, there was a point in the season where I was like, I wonder if the Bears will score 100 points this year. So they've almost done it over the last three weeks. Yeah, that's <laughs> being, being kind of facetious. But you understand the point. Yeah, yeah. In those games, it was the Patriots' defense, it was the Cowboys' defense, and then the Packers. They're not good. But the Cowboys' defense and the Patriots' defenses are really good. So 94 points over three games, and two of those three defenses and then they are, a bunch are last firmly week. entrenched in the top 10, maybe even the top five in some metrics. Uh, well, I did say that. I said over the last three weeks, 94. Well, Packers they played Miami last week. Oh, shit. <laughs> <It's right. laughs> Bum, 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 bum. We're doing the Lions, Packers, and that's where I got this. No, we're doing the Lions and Bears. The Lions. Oh, my. <laughs> so, anyway, the Lions. This is what happened. I have it. I have it. I have it all. Go ahead. Scratch the last minute of what I just said. Kind of. You kind of pick it up. But the Lions are 26 in defensive DVOA. The Bears are 31st. Both offenses have been lighting it up of late. That's so true. Everything I just said, scratch in terms of who played who, the Bears still do have 94 <laughs> points over the last three weeks. That Very I know true. for a fact. Not a false statement. And I'm going to go heavy on most of the offensive players on both of these teams this okay. week because the defenses haven't stopped anybody, and they're probably going to light it up. That's I, my, that's my I have a problem. I will with, check the weather before I make any serious moves, though. Um, I have a problem with, with the Lions right now. And while they were the best offense in football first couple weeks of the season, even though they were losing games, um, like guys are underperforming that I really had big hype and uh, potential for. Amon Ross St. Brown. He's back. He's been hurt. He's he, back. Yeah, but. He's he's back. Okay, he's back. He's back. I, I read a nice report. I'm waiting on my a boy nice Jameson. A nice report. A nice report on Ra. I think it was the Sun something Sun. Like that's what his name means. And it was a whole article <laughs> explaining how <laughs> to get getting, in on him now. Are you on the same stuff Rogers is on by any chance? Like Maybe. I was talking no, about no, the no. Sun. No, uh, not but this I, morning at least. <laughs> so Bears and Lions should be a good one. Keep your eye on that game as well. So we moved to the local front. We got ourselves. The, the New York football Giants coming off a bye, uh, so they're back in action. We talked a lot about both of their key players um, in, in regards to Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones coming into this one. The Texans, again, a very, very bad football team coming into this game. Um, there's not much to talk about when the Texans, outside of Damian Pierce, who's been an absolute stud on the mojo market, the guy is having himself a season. He's solidifying himself as the future running back of this team, or another team for that matter, who wants to pay him when it's all said and done. Well, he's a rookie. No, I understand. Um, I mean, he's got um, years to go, but I'm just saying, like, there's going to be, if he keeps running the way he's running, I could see him having a very, very nice career. And that's what we're here to do. We're, we're investing in careers here, folks. So if you're an investor and in a Damian Pierce, uh, now's the time to just kind of maybe double down on that because the Giants run defense, um, while they're good, they do let up a buck 37 average over the year, not the DVOA stuff. I'm talking about just a clear cut number. Um, no, they're not good. Okay, so there Based you go. Based on DVOA stuff. So, ah, like, so you I, can look at certain I things. I knew it. And then there's when the DVOA makes you right, then it's like, whew, such a <laughs> what good a, feeling. What a flex. Such a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Giants, they are very good at situational football. The Texans are very bad at situational football. This is a home game for the Giants. Both teams struggle to stop the run. Both teams have really good running backs. So this is going to be, I would say, a, they're going to just hand the ball off. Both quarterbacks struggle a little bit. Davis Mills on the road is a far worse quarterback than yeah, he is at he home. Is. Mm -hmm. And I almost want to say like the exact opposite. I don't know this for a fact, but just my eye test, I feel like Daniel Jones plays better on the road. Not positive on that, though. I just feel like that's what I've seen this season. He just he, he, not can't go, get the, he can't get the London game out of his head. Do not <laughs> quote me 
They play better on the road. I'm telling you. They have well, that's why you say it because you're that's the one game that you're watching vividly, and you're like, "Damn, he's playing good." <laughs> that's why it's it's in your mind that he's a good road quarterback, but uh, he's even a good home quarterback too. I, so. I expect Saquon to completely feast in this game. There, th- uh, the Texans are 32nd in team DVOA against the run. That's not right? good. So that's dead last in the league. But conversely, I will say that I do agree or do think that Damian Pierce will also do well in this game. Because I don't think anybody's going to light up the scoreboard and blow anybody out. Mm -hmm. So the running game will be in play all game. And the Giants are 24th in total rush DVOA. So it's not like they can't, they stop the run. So Dave, you were right. The DVOA supports the Giants are not great against the run. Dave, you were right on a Friday. That's the kind of stuff that does make your day just go and tick and keep moving forward. All right, moving on. The Chargers and the 49ers. This is the Sunday night matchup. So an exciting one to watch. Uh, There's a lot to go into this game because. Uh, I look at the Chargers as the, you know, <laughs> we were saying it before, we were saying it before in pre, like, you know, the whole, uh, the fad right now happening is, um, you know, he is him and all this other stuff, right? Justin Herbert is not him yet. <laughs> so he's just, he's just not, he's not playing up to everybody's potential right now. And in come a 49ers defense, which by the way, did you hear about Jason Verrett? Yes. Oh, it's in, it's brutal, notes. brutal, like tears his Achilles in practice. We're talking about practice and and that's just is a big big loss for the 49ers secondary both are starting corners now out for the season but then both starting receivers for the Chargers are out for this game so it's like you got is it josh palmer season is it eckler out of the backfield season i mean if there's a lot to go into that as far as the Chargers front but i tell you right now the chargers are giving up uh 145 yards for the average for the year on the ground. The defense is just not that good. I expect a big, big game out of CMC and Debo out of the backfield. I I, I feel like the 49ers running situation is very, very good right they, now. I don't know that the 49ers are in a position now where they're going to have to hand Debo the ball at all. They don't have to, but it's an option. I agree. And it's, it's an a beautiful option, I, option because that that's what makes it more dangerous I think in when you're not case, expecting it. You're right. The uh, Chargers are 29th in rush DVOA, and it's like far worse when you look at it. I know it's hard to be far worse than that. But if you look at their last four or five weeks, bar none, worst rush defense in football. They've been getting eaten alive. Yeah, CMC might have himself. They've been game. getting eaten alive on the ground. Um, I think that Christian McCaffrey has a chance in this game uh, because, obviously, I just talked about how bad the run defense is. But I want to talk more about the opportunities that are going to be there for the Chargers. Because, talk about it. Because the defense, obviously, we know the 49ers defense, they've lost the guys in the back end. The Chargers are struggling a little bit at the receiver position, looking for somebody to step up. Now, I feel like this boils down to both injuries on the back end for the 49ers, both injuries for the receivers for the Chargers. This game boils down to the 49ers' ability to get to Justin Herbert or Justin Herbert's ability to stay upright long enough for the receivers to expose those weak back ends. I will say that matchup is really intriguing to me because the 49ers are the seventh best pass rush in terms of adjusted sack rate. And the Chargers are the best in football at protecting the quarterback. So that's the matchup that I'm really Man, looking for. Man, that changed quick. I feel like they've never actually protected Justin Herbert. I mean, no, no, their offensive his, line. Historically. Their offensive line is loaded. They haven't really been running the ball they really that some well. They invested draft capital on their offensive line, too. But a lot of it's it. a lot of that you see this year where there isn't many units that are complete. And that goes for both sides of the ball. It's either like you're really good at getting to the quarterback mm-hmm. and you can't stop the run, or you're really good at protecting the quarterback and you can't run block. Very few offensive lines throughout the league this year. And you see where they are. They're all at the top of the league in terms of Philly, <laughs> Buffalo, mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, I think right now the matchup for me is going to be the offensive line of the Chargers against the defensive line of the 49ers. And I think this might be one of those games where Herbert finally puts the team on his back. I like the 49ers because they're home and these things, but that back end, these injuries are really yeah, rough. That's, that's going to catch up. That's gonna catch up. I got a feeling, and it's not. I mean, it's not like breaking news that it catches up on it. If a I had to pick like who I'm gonna be in on in this game, yeah, I would probably go with McCaffrey because I just see them feeding him the ball a ton of times. And then I like my boy Herbert. We've been we've been saying he's not him. He needs to step up. This might be the game for him to step up against what I think what people think is a really good defense. And I agree, but they're struggling. I want to see how this team looks minus their corners. So we'll see on uh, Monday morning. We'll see if he is him. <laughs> We'll see. we'll see if it happens. But uh, come on, right. Herbert. Moving on. Do it, baby. Moving Be on him. to a game that's near and dear to uh, Chop's heart over here at Chop Studios is the Cowboys and the Packers. Uh, this one was circled on my calendar since the schedule came out. I was really excited about this game. Still am very excited about this game. It's just not the records that I thought either team would have, honestly. Like the Cowboys are six and two, the Packers are coming in there three and six. Uh, on paper, it looks like all is lost for the Packers, but you know, we, we've talked about shorting Aaron Rodgers we talked about those situations but not enough is being talked about the the status and of one um Aaron Jones because I do think that the, if the Cowboys could be had on defense and I, I know this from watching vivid <laughs> a vivid amount of tape on their rush defense I think that you know they could be they could be handled there and and I think if Aaron Jones plays He's not 100%. We all know that. But A.J. Dillon is the kind of guy that I'll come in here on Monday and be like, I cannot believe A.J. Dillon had a right buck now, 60 is, on the ground or something. This is what we call hedging your bet. Dave does not in his heart actually believe this. He's just saying I, no, it no, out no. loud. I do it for he's the show. He's saying it out loud. So just in case the Packers <laughs> do win, he's going to be like, I, I, I had a feeling. I, I told you. Well, listen, Don't want to hear it, bro. It's my Don't Friday feeling. You have, no, you have no business trying to deflect here. All right? <laughs> The Cowboys should dominate this game, and if they don't, you better tuck tail come Monday morning. The Cowboys should dominate. He this hasn't game. been this energized for the Packers. There is in no three months. There is there is no stat you could look at right here outside of the Packers' um, adjusted line yards offensively, which they they don't use it. Like that's their best metric, and they just decide. You know what? We're not going to do we're gonna that throw, today. And we're going to throw. We're going to throw. throw to Amari Rodgers eleven times, <laughs> and we are going to throw to what's his name? I don't know. I've been watching the team for fifteen years. Still don't know his name. I said fifteen. I was going to say date yourself I meant a little bit. Fifty. Fifty years. But yeah, I mean, this is a game where just look, the ex coach coming back to Lambeau. There's going to be some locker room stuff happening. I would imagine. A little more emotion. The Packers are reeling. I wouldn't say they're desperate because that ship sailed. They were desperate a couple <laughs> weeks ago. At this point, it's just, do you have pride in what you do professionally? This is a great game for the mojo market because do if you you're a day trader. you have pride in what you do What is the guy? Who is him? <laughs> I keep saying that stupid line. But who is the guy for the Packers that you think, you know, if anybody at all can go off for the Packers, who is it this week? Alan Lazard. Okay. No, probably not. I mean, he's locked down by Trayvon Diggs. But when you say locked down by locked Trayvon down. Diggs, you have to understand how that that's not true because Lazard plays a lot of the big Clamps slot. It's just not how it works. He's, and he's not following Lazard around. I know. Lazard's he doesn't not follow anybody that kind around. Of respect, and nor does most corners in the league now. I don't know what coordinators are thinking. It's the worst. My least favorite thing about NFL football right now is the number one corner not following the number one receiver. That was sacrilege. Like in in. The early 2000s, like when if I you start, were the number one, you were following the number one. Revis. Revis Island would follow you around no matter what. What? Was not no, Revis? That was, Osimo would not follow people. Oh, Osimo Revis was, was a lockdown guy. Oh, yeah. Horrific. I just can't stand the non-man coverage with, with elite corners. 
as a Jair Alexander owner. I mean, I am a Packer owner, so yes. He does. There's a piece of paper in our office. Uh, but anyway, back to the Cowboys now. If you want to talk about Cowboys, we talked a little bit about Tony Pollard this week. I expect him to have a very, very heavy load given to him this week because, again, even if Zeke plays, which I think he is, is trending towards playing, I don't think they sit him again. His snap count will be on the downturn. So I, I strongly recommend if you're going to play anybody for the Dallas Cowboys this week, it's Tony Pollard. He has himself uh, a pretty good day. Uh, the Packers' defense is good. We're I'm not even about to say the three. What did you just say? The three and six Packers what have a. Say? I'm just trying to psych myself out of this one. I don't want to think. Defense I is don't want a McGregor dude. walk and into Rashawn this game. And Rashawn Gary on, Rash on the IR with that torn ACL. So <laughs> it got bad to worse. Look, the Cowboys should win this game 35 nothing. Okay, just, just we're all clear. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen, but. We'll see. If you're a Mojo Market person uh, and you're an investor, get on Tony Pollard this week. I, I wonder think what the weather's himself. like in Green Bay. This I mean, week. it's November in Green Bay, so it's probably like 20. You know, I'm it, talking it, about is it going to be? Uh, the, it's a 425. The Packers slot, don't play God. well in bad weather, so I don't know that. That's a myth. The Cowboys. I mean, Packers. What? The Packers haven't played well in bad weather. Well, we saw the, the Ice Bowl last last, the last, last last year. 20 years. The, the whole the field was frozen <laughs> and they couldn't get nothing going. All right, let's finish up this uh, weekly slate on the Vikings and the Bills. I will say this about the Vikings. They have to. Uh, Kirk Cousins, look, I know he's made the the headlines based off of his shirtless chains on. And, and uh, you know, it's inspired, by the way. You made me go get a chain, Kirk. Uh, but I, I will say this. With, with Kirk Cousins and all that stuff, you got to back it up. And I understand that the bills are coming in there. And it could be Josh Allenless. We don't know. Um, I got a feeling that they're trying to, like, Play this one close to the vest, a little gamesmanship here. I think Josh Allen's going to miss this game. I do. So if you're in on Case Keenum, do it now because the Vikings defense, they definitely could be had. And a little bit of a revenge game. Not a revenge game. They won the game. But, like, the the Case Keenum-Stephon Diggs relationship is still intact, and they're going back to Minnesota. So, again, in this game in particular, I think Kirk Cousins has to have himself a day. And on the opposite side, another quarterback, Case Keenum, has to play the game of his life. Now, look. When you look at the end of the year, you're not going to worry about your outside of conference games when it comes to like close matchups. But they're like the Bills have two teams. If you want to count the Patriots, three teams on their heels right now. So they can't afford to drop any games. They got to have this one. So that's why yeah. I think they, they got to get this one done. And, and the Vikings have a nice little cushion over the entire NFC North. They can't let off the gas, though, because we've all seen second half teams emerge. Um, I know I've talked a lot about teams within the last, you know, a minute and a half is about this uh, about this game in particular. But when I look at this, I think Kirk Cousins has to really, really deliver in a big spot against a big team. The um, Bills defense is Yeah, I would say that's an understatement. Kirk Cousins needs to step up in this game. Yeah. It's against probably the best defense he's going to face all season, maybe Definitely. outside of the Philly game, and we saw what happened there. So the Vikings, there's a lot of talk about them being a little bit of fool's gold, and there's part of me that, that thinks that. But then there's the other part of me that says, well, they keep on winning football games. That offense is elite. The defense is definitely not elite. Uh, no. This is a big game for them because they, even if they don't win the game, they need to go in there and prove they belong because they got sparked by Philly, and that was really the only good team that they played all year. You know, you would, you would look at week one's win at Green Bay or against Green Bay at home as a quality win when it happened. But looking back at it, that wasn't really a quality win. I'm looking at the Vikings. They haven't had any quality wins. Neither have the Giants. What? Neither have the Giants. It's the same thing. Well, the Giants... They just keep coming back at the end. The Giants, I mean, they beat the Titans in week one. That's, like, not a not quality win. I think that's okay. a quality win. They, sure. They have, a fi they have five wins. You know, like... They have six. The Titans. Oh, yeah. So... All right. 
fine. And they I'm came just, back listen, at halftime on the road. You know me with the Giants. I just whatever. so yeah. Back to as, this <laughs> as I'm looking at this game, Buffalo's defense is really good. They're well rounded, and I think that they're a little bit angry. If you look last week, they didn't lose that game because their defense didn't play well. I think their defense is starting to come together a little Jets bit. Jets just figured them out. It was the offense that couldn't get anything going. Josh Allen played the worst game of his season. I wouldn't say of his career. But, got hurt. But definitely the worst game of his season. I don't think Case Keenum, and I know that this is crazy to say, in a one-time deal, spot start, I feel like Case Keenum, I'm not a fan of his, but the dude's a gamer. Yes, he, he steps is. up in big spots, and the reason why he's a Buffalo Bills backup right now is I would imagine his relationship with Stephon Diggs I'm not sure what the coaching staffs, how they all align, and seeing maybe McDermott was over there at some point. Was In he? Minnesota? Was no, he? it was they Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Right. Thank you for that. No problem. But, um, That's what I'm here for. I think Buffalo's going to be angry on this one. And the defensive side of the ball, they're gonna, it's just tough to go into Buffalo and win, especially after a loss in a division game. I feel a little bit bad for Minnesota in this one. Kirk Cousins is going to be running for his life. All right. In there big games, Kirk Cousins shrinks. This is a big game. This big. All right, so that is a couple of the games to keep your eye on. Again, just, you know, invest responsibly. Don't go crazy. Case uh, Keenum. But Case Keenum is, you know, Desmond Ritter. Okay, you know, these are guys that are going to start seeing the light of day because of situational football. And their situations happen. Injuries happen. That's where we're at. That's, that's the world we live in. Uh, but, guys, do me a favor. Be sure to go follow Mojo on all social medias right now, okay? They're on the Twitter. The Twitter. I'm aging myself. The TikTok. The Instagram. They're on, they're on the line, right? right now uh, at mojo go check those guys out you can check the website out at mojo.com and of course join the discord guys that's a heavy conversation happening over there because there's a lot of things happening within mojo that y'all may not be aware of there's could be a couple sports developing right now a couple new states on the horizon so there's a lot of discussion heading on over into the discord you'll find out all that information over there um and they'll just keep updating you along with the guys that are showing their portfolios which i tend to do every sunday morning i like to kind of throw it in there and be like hey i'm doing pretty good right now you know uh so my portfolio looks good as of right now as it looks but again, things can change. Um, so that'll do it. That'll do the show. Enjoy the football, everybody. For Dave Sturcio and Chris Gucci, this has been another episode of the Mojo Market Report. Enjoy week number 10. We'll be back to put a bow on all this on Monday. Brr.